Why Joseph? Obviously, that video has all sorts of difficult things in it. We can see that quite clearly. But safeguarding, is that not a modern thing? I think words that I've already heard this morning are things like it's a bit woke, isn't it? Now, to be honest, I'm not sure I even fully know what woke actually means. But I think it means, is it relevant for us? I don't know. So that's hopefully what we're going to explore this morning. Um, I'd love to give you all a bit of a quiz on your knowledge of the story of Joseph. Um, But I don't know if I should do that or not. Oh, go on. Okay, right, hands up then. What do we know about Joseph? Now you've got to participate in this. A quiz doesn't work if it's just me. Okay, so what do we know? What do we know about him? Coat of many colours, thank you. 11th child of how many? 12. Any sisters? Dinah. Dinah. How many children then have we got up to? 13 then so far. Yeah, we always forget the women, don't we? How is it that we do that? Okay, who, what, what else? What else do we know about him? Say again, sorry? He saved Egypt. Yes, he did. You can use some of the answers from the video if you like. <laughs> Thrown in a pit by his brothers, absolutely. Put in prison. Tortured, yes. The favourite of, of his father, absolutely, yes. So Joseph shares um, an experience of, now the Bible doesn't call it this because it arguably is a modern word, but abuse. That's what we're talking about. We've got a man who was physically beaten by his siblings. He was emotionally beaten by his siblings because it starts in Genesis 37, right at the beginning of his story. Um, It says how much he was hated by them. This wasn't just an argument that went wrong. This favoritism has generated such hatred in them. There's such a division. Um, He was favoured by his father, but yet he wasn't protected by his father from any of these things that happened. Um, He knew that his mother died when he was an infant. He was raised by his aunts and uh, stepmothers, beaten, sold in, and trafficked, I think is the language we might use today, this sold into slavery. And then there's this sexual harassment Again, it's not called that, and sometimes we put a nice word on it, but this seduced by Potiphar's wife. I think today we would call that sexual harassment or even sexual abuse. He was put into prison. Despite all of this, Joseph had a gift from God, this interpretation of dreams. He was a man who was called, as you rightly say, to do something amazing for the people who were at risk of starvation from this famine. And all throughout these 12 chapters of Genesis that I'm sort of preaching on today, we hear the Lord saying to him, the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. God did finally restore Joseph to power and freedom and his people and his family. But does that make his experiences any easier? So he was abused by his family the people who he should have been safest in the world with. Women, I can tell you here today, statistically, not necessarily, but statistically, the most dangerous person in your life is your husband or your male partner. Statistically. 
I'm not asking you to all turn to your male partner and, and kind of have words with them, but that's what statistics tell them. That's who are the people who most hurt um, women. Joseph was also abused by the system, wasn't he? He was abused in this kind of course of being trafficked into slavery and then um, imprisoned, even though he was innocent. There was no fair trial for him, wasn't he? And how often have we felt that the system has gone against us, whether it's we're trying to book hospital appointments or something for, say, children with special needs in school or whatever it may be, but that the system feels against us. Joseph was also a man, which is unusual to use then as the focus for our safeguarding Sunday, because so often we think of those who experience abuse are those who are female. We think of victims as abuse so often as women. Now, that's changing a little bit in our culture. And again, statistically, we do see that more women are abused than men. But men are just as vulnerable to the misuse of power, which is what makes abuse possible. So, Genesis 37 as we race through our 12 chapters, the conditions for his abuse have been set already. He's hated by his brother. He's got a father who favours him, but one who is not there to protect him. It starts with emotional abuse. You know that stuff like we say, sticks and stones might break my bones. And how does it finish? Is that true? Of course it's not. Of course it's not. Because we will all remember the words that may have been spoken over us in our lives when they have been words that have tried to bring us down and pull us down and hurt us and undermine us. So we know that that is not true. And it's why we have a God who builds us up with his words. Joseph also, he had a gift from God despite all this turmoil that he experienced in his life, this ability we know to understand dreams. And you know, the fabulous part of this story is, just like we've seen on our video, despite everything that happened to him, God never took that away. That was always his gift. It was always his calling. And no matter what anybody tried to do or tried to say to him, God's calling on him was fully secure. I wonder what his story would have looked like if when Joseph had have told his father and his brothers about the dreams, that they'd have said, wow, that's amazing. Can we pray for you? Can we hear about that? Wow, God's going to do something amazing for you. How different would have Joseph's life looked if he'd have been supported in that gift? Because God wasn't going to take that gift away. Just as for each of you, the calling and the gifts that God has given you, he's not going to take them away just because other people try to harm you or get in the way. So, Joseph's brothers... We need to acknowledge that Joseph's brothers, they didn't just have an argument with Joseph one day and decide to put him in the pit. This was a planned, hatred-filled action to get rid of Joseph. They wanted him out of the way. And they had the power 
to do that. They were the older brothers. They had more in numbers of them. And so they had the power to do that. Those who often experience abuse and harm from others are those whose power is in some way diminished or taken. Could be a child and a parent. The child doesn't have that much power. Or an elderly parent with um, sort of active children who seek to harm them in some way. So many different ways. A spouse who wants to abuse their partner in a sort of domestic abuse sort of setting. One exerts power over the other, and that is how abuse can happen. thinking about the other form of abuse that he suffered, the sexual harassment from Potiphar's wife. The Bible tells us it wasn't a one-off request of saying, you know, I'd I'd like to do something with you. Could, Could you do that? You're a slave here. Could you do that? She pursued him day after day. And I wonder what that actually would have looked like for Joseph Did she ask him nicely? Was she bribing him? I'll make your life a bit easier if you do this for me. Was she touching him when he didn't want to be touched? Or threatening him? If you don't do this, I'll tell my husband. When he continued to try and rebuff her sexual advances, then she tried to force him. And that's what changes sexual harassment into sexual abuse. I wonder, now Joseph got away, didn't he, sort of. I wonder what would have been the end result had Joseph have been a woman at that point. So, falsely accused of all that faithful, despite all his faithful service to Potiphar, he was a trusted servant one day, the next day he's in prison. We saw from our video the prisons weren't nice places. I'm sure he would have received a beating or two for daring to be accused of laying a, a hand on Potiphar's wife. I doubt there was anything like a fair trial. His views were probably not even sought. Of course, Potiphar's wife was powerful and would never have been questioned. This is the experience of many who experience harm and abuse, that they're not believed, they're not asked. We've seen this largely, haven't we, recently in church settings, the abuse that we're hearing in both the Catholic Church and the Church of England over many years has been because the priests, those in power, have not been able to be challenged. And so people haven't been believed, and it's only as culture has kind of caught up with that a little bit, then actually we're coming to a place where people are able to say, this happened to me, and it's not okay. And thankfully now our churches are getting to a point where we're joining in and saying, yes, you're right, it is not okay that these things have been allowed to happen and allowed to be covered up. At the times where Joseph was at his lowest, so when he was in the pit, and at this point where he's been falsely imprisoned by um, the accusation from Potiphar's wife, that's when God comes to him again and says to him that I am with you. It might sound like cold comfort a little bit, where it's like you're with me, but I want you to get me out of this. But actually, God is with 
all of us in those situations and why it doesn't always happen in the way that we would like it to be in the solution, we can't necessarily answer that. God knows that. But what we do know is that God loves us and he is there with us. Joseph was so desperate. He said to the other fellow in the prison, the cupbearer, he said, as the cupbearer was about to get out of prison, when all goes well with you, he says, will you remember me? Will you show me kindness? Will you mention to Pharaoh, please, and get me out of this prison? He says, I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I have done nothing to deserve being put in this dungeon. If I paraphrase that in my own language, it says, will you hear the abuse that I have suffered and help me? That's what it says. Will you hear my story and help me. Now look at the person next to you. Do you know their story? Do they know your story? Do we really know each other's stories? I know vague, kind of, you know, roughly about each other's lives. But truly, the different things that we've experienced in our lives. Are we somebody that can be a listening ear, that can hear somebody else's story when they're ready to tell it? And be somebody who will help, that will do something if that's wanted. Okay. He wasn't listened to. The cupbearer didn't do anything. The cupbearer didn't help and didn't remember him. And Joseph was left in that prison for at least 10 years. He did get restored later on. Pharaoh remembered him. And after being restored and getting these dreams interpreted, God giving the interpretation for these dreams, he became the servant of Pharaoh again and at his right hand and became kind of this powerful man over Egypt. And so we think it's all getting better because he's been restored and he's in this place of power. For any of you that have ever experienced any form of harm or abuse or have known somebody else who has, has money, power and career made it better? Because that isn't what makes it better. Healing and a journey of forgiveness, a painful journey, that's the walk of somebody who experiences these things, covering it up with busy careers and money. doesn't work. What we know from Joseph's story is that time itself is not a healer. When he comes to encounter... His brothers again, nearly, well, over 20 years later, he's distraught. Surely he would have got over it by then. Is that not what people say? No, because these hurts remain unless they're dealt with. And so Joseph, at the point that he encounters his brothers again, as a powerful man in Egypt, he wrestles with this place of forgiveness can I forgive them? And he tries to almost punish them a little bit by kind of doing this trick with putting the, the cup in, the, in the, the, the sacks of grain that the brothers had and then sending them off and getting the dad over, getting the brother over. And, you know, he's angry. He doesn't even reveal who he is. He's battling with it. Have you ever experienced that when somebody has wronged you so much and you might even want to forgive them or perhaps you don't? But you feel you can't. How do I do that? I maybe do one day and then the next day I don't. That was 
Joseph's experience wrestling with this place of forgiveness that took a long time for him to come to a place that he could say, I am not God to punish you. But I am your brother. And slowly, in that place, his healing can take a little step forwards. Over 20 years later. Sorry. So, at the end of this video, it talked about, do you remember the words at the end? It talked about how the, the brothers had intended harm, but God will use that for good. And I think that's such a difficult message, because if you've got to live that, I don't want to have to suffer through things just to get to some kind of good outcome for God or for there to be something, because you've got to live that. God is always in this. Let's remember that there was a calling upon Joseph. That was the good thing. He was going to save the people from the famine, the Hebrew people from the famine and all the Egyptians. And God's outcome was not going to be shifted. That was the good that was to take place. The cause of the harm was not God. The cause of the harm was the brothers. The cause of the harm was Potiphar's wife. The cause of the harm was fallen and sinful people who go against what God would have them do. God is the one who holds it all together and says, despite those people, my outcome, my good outcome will prevail because God is powerful and over all these things. So there are many points in this story of Joseph which point us to God. And most significantly for Joseph is that despite, therefore, the abuse that he suffered, is that he mattered, didn't he? In all of this, he mattered. Nothing was going to change without him interpreting these dreams and saving the people, just like our lives. Each one of us is so significant and so important to God that our lives matter down to the very core of who we are no matter who um, tries to throw that off course who tries to get in our way so safeguarding this modern term riddled throughout our bible as we see different people being harmed particularly obviously in this story of Joseph but what therefore can we learn from this to take forward other than that our lives matter and that we matter fundamentally to God our calling cannot be changed by people who seek to harm us but we can learn from some of this story the things I think we can learn are that we are to listen to each other's stories because those stories are important. We can believe each other if we express something, if we say that somebody has hurt us, somebody has harmed us, or we're worried about something. And that when somebody asks for help, then we help them. We do something about it. I think here, is it, is it Frida? Yes. 
Frida is, our, is your parish safeguarding rep. So Frida and Patrick are one of your first ports of call to that. Their very charge is to say, yes, we are here to help. It doesn't mean you can't talk to others, but they are going to be able to help in very meaningful ways if there's something that you're worried about. Um, you can talk to any of those people. I think that um, our mission, therefore, as church was the reading that, I forget your name, sorry. Say again? Francis. Francis, that Francis read for us, that Isaiah 61. That is the mission that we can learn from the story of Joseph and that we can take on as the people of God. I'll read a little bit of it again. It says, he, that's Jesus saying this is his mission, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and uh, the, sorry, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God. Now again, I'm going to translate that into our language. And I think it says this, that Jesus has sent me and us to care for others. God has sent me to free those who are controlled and abused by others and to stand up and be counted. The Holy Spirit asks me to be the light to those who are in darkness. We are called to proclaim that our God is good, that Jesus is that good news, and that lastly, God will deliver justice to all. So the support and challenge to abuse is the work of Christ and it therefore belongs to all of us. Amen.